Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. A little tired from running to the post office so much. What a problem. Is that called going postal? Ooh. That's a good AKA, right? Yeah. But the reason we've gone to the post office so much is because we have been mailing out t-shirts that you guys have ordered from itsthereal.com slash shop. We have four new t-shirts. New colorways. We have uh, something in cardinal, something in black, something in white, and something in red. Wow. The whole spectrum from white to red to black. Anything you guys want. Itsthereal.com slash shop. We have uh, a hand-drawn something. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of photoshopped somethings. Wow, this is your all your comfortable somethings. You're just selling it so well. It's the real.com slash shop. Yeah, some things are drawn, some things are not. There you go. <laughs> it's the real.com slash shop. Well, Jeff, do you have a favorite t shirt? Yeah, the one that I made. Okay, <laughs> which one is that? That is the, the drawn one. Right. Actually, here you guys, the hand drawn one, the third favorite podcast red t shirt mm-hmm. is no. flying off the shelves. Flying. That Can't is, go any faster. That is the most popular T-shirt. We're out of we're out of small that we have done. And if you want a small, go get something else. Listen, uh, I I feel a little ways mm-hmm. because I photoshopped and felt really great about this. It's the real Roadrunners T-shirt. Yeah, and it's not moving as fast. I mean, it's it's second place. It is second place, but second place, first loser. First loser. It's the real.com slash shop. Let's catch up to Jeff's T-shirt. What? That's the goal. That's- not for real. For real. Sure, sure. Mm. Jeff, when you want to get into this? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Detroit Matza, a.k.a. What up, though? Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Smoking Newports, a.k.a. California Wildfire. Yeah, this is your third favorite podcast to waste time with. It's the real. Guys, we haven't done one of these in a while, so here it is. A Q&A. Woo. Questions from you all. Answers from us. And hopefully, we'll get through this all together. Jeff... There's a lot of questions. Okay, first one is from Skip from BK. Oh, well, that is perfect. Skip, who uh, went, I believe, through all of our episodes chronologically, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. And now a bunch of people have done that, too. Oh, really? Yeah. But he's so a trendsetter. Spe- yeah. He's an influencer. Mm-hmm. He's a tastemaker. Wow. Shout out to Skip all these from BK. Things. And now his question. Now that your number one dream interview is no longer available, who are your other dream interviews you want to speak into existence? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Who is that dream interview? I'm going to guess AJ Calloway. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Can't can't uh, talk to him. Right. So <laughs> All right. So what's the question here? Who would we have who who is the number one who makes up for AJ Calloway? Yeah. Hmm. Who's unproblematic? I got Terrence J. <laughs> is it uh <laughs> Bow Wow? I don't, who 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 came after uh AJ? I mean, okay. So usually Besides the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, who who do we? Right, here's the thing. We don't normally like to put the the real people that we want to go yeah, after well, out there because we don't want anyone else to get them first. If yeah. we put the information out, somebody is just destined to uh, book them before us. Yeah. So. All right. So I mean, so who would you fake want on 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 the podcast? No, I mean, I, I want to say people that we almost got. Okay. Like who? Issa Rae. Almost got her. Yeah. Almost got her. Yeah. Um, DJ Mustard. DJ Mustard. Mm-hmm. Irv Gotti. Yeah. Almost. Uh, Buddy almost came up here. No, but Buddy did come up here. <laughs> Buddy what? did come up here. We didn't put it the episode. Uh, YBN Corday. He came up here. That yeah. the pictures are amazing. Yeah. Didn't happen though. The interview is not good. Yeah. All right. So so it doesn't come out. But that's the thing. We decided a long time ago that we weren't going to put out bad episodes. Episodes yeah. that we weren't proud of. Yeah. You know if it's, if. Look, it's called a waste of time, but the point isn't to actually, like, give you something shitty. Yeah. It's so. just, we want to give you the best quality product. So here we so, are. There, every once in a while, you have an interview that just doesn't Make meet it. our standards. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Javi Martinez, our guy from Austin, Texas, asked, who is the hardest working artist that we have met? I have a few ideas. Who, who can you think of? Uh, Bun B. Bun B is definitely one of them. Um he has a project coming out this Friday, by the way. So new EP that's on top of the project that he did in 12 hours with Static Selecta called Trill Static from only a couple months ago. Uh, we ran into Smoke Dizza recently, who has three new projects coming up. So that's a lot. Um, he's constantly in the studio. I was also thinking Styles P. I was, yeah, that's a good Styles answer. Styles P, who not only has musical projects coming out regularly, but also owns a bunch of juice shops and stops in at each of those all the time. 
plus he's getting into acting, plus he's ghostwriting for other artists, plus he is getting into reality TV, and he's just on the move all the time. All the time, he's in LA, he's coming back, he's going back to LA, he's coming back. It's a lot. Our next question comes in from Felix Mandarin, who says, what is the end goal for the It's The Real brand? Is there a plan to move on to something else eventually when you feel like you've talked to everyone that's interesting already? How do you keep this from getting repetitive? Yeah, great question. Great questions. Great questions, plural. We've never been those guys, and you can look at our track record, we've never been those guys to do something forever. We never wanted to get stale, get old, get boring, and we've successfully moved mediums while remaining ourselves and keeping that voice this entire time. So... But this is the longest we've ever done anything. I guess. I guess so. Four years. Four years of doing podcasts. Of and weekly episodes, yeah. And we did a podcast back in 2010. That was a year long. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that we never wanted to be podcasters. And I would not call myself a podcaster. No, but it is weird when people do call us podcasters. Yeah, it's not. that's not our thing. And I think that we have so many things going on in various stages of development. We have music, we have TV, we have film stuff, we have book ideas, we have live show stuff that we want to get taken care of, obviously merch. Um, so never, never is this just the one thing that we will do forever. So it's, it's not like... Um, and I also feel like there's always going to be interesting people to talk to. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we'll run out of interesting people. The world is sort of ending. Yeah. But so I am, I'm a little worried about like the waters rising and taking away a bunch of in- interesting people. Oh, well, I, I would also think if the waters rose and uh, the world came to an end, mm-hmm. who cares about the podcast? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, You're saying Monday morning will never be this. I'm saying there won't be people to listen to this, Jeff. <laughs> That's fine. So, so... You know, I think the end goal is just to keep creating in different ways to stay ahead of the curve um, and to get major support. You know, like truth be told, we've had meetings with giant corporations. We've had meetings with giant record labels. We've had meetings with giant television networks, giant touring companies. And we want the right people to, to partner with us so that we can do something that doesn't give up our souls, but also allows us to market ourselves, to live our lives and and succeed, right? Yeah, I agree with all that. All right, great. Short T318 says, with Bun B at Rice, Ninth Wonder at North Carolina Central, and Mia X at Loyola, which New York rapper or producer would you want to see teaching a course at a New York institute? Mm-hmm. Also, choose the course and college for them. Okay, I will choose the professor. Oh, I have to choose the course in college. Okay. 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 Um, Curtis, 50 Cent, also known as Fafti, Jackson. Okay? I don't... I, you can pick wherever he have goes. You, have you ever said Fafti out loud before? Yeah, once, I think. I said it uh, when it was like at the height of Fafti. Because uh, it sounded like you had never said it before. It, just, it sounds like I said it once. <laughs> yeah. Now twice. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care where he teaches. Mm-hmm. I don't care what he teaches. Mm-hmm. You do, because that is what you're supposed to do right now. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm in favor of it all. Okay, I think that he should teach. I mean, the the honest answer is that I think that he really could teach a, a course on music business and yeah, yeah, but and all that stuff. That's yeah, the yeah. boring answer. Yeah, like yeah. I don't. Okay, so what could he? I would love to hear him uh, teach like Spanish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> me, me too. At me yeshiva. Too. At yeshiva, <laughs> the Jewish university here in New York City. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Fifty, uh, who is I don't know. Is he bilingual? maybe okay probably not okay doesn't matter yeah um teaching spanish by the way it's even better if he's not at yeshiva university yeah all right site sound co asks how did it's the real come together what is the story behind it how did you guys carve out your path this is sort of like when i got recognized at um i was i was walking through the grand tetons yeah a million years ago and this guy came running up to me and he goes, oh, my God, are you that guy who runs It's The Real's Twitter account? Yeah. And it was like, well, I do a lot of things for It's The Real. I, I, when you started telling the story, I thought you were going to say when you got recognized uh, about a week and a half ago at the UPS store. Oh, that too. And, and you were wearing... I was wearing one of our shirts yeah. from our Rockefeller event. And the guy who was working there said, hey, were you there that night? And I was like... I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Yes. I don't. <laughs> I didn't just buy the T-shirt. Yes. I made it. I, I was one of them on stage. Yeah. I'm um, one of the him him. So <laughs> how did it get started? Uh, well, you started it. I did start it. We, um, you know, I, I remember exactly where I was driving into um, the Betz's driveway mm-hmm. in Harrison. And I heard a radio commercial for a what was supposed to be Fuse. Uh, you know, it's like much music. It's like the Fuse. It's like the the sort of like not MTV, mm-hmm. not VH1. A few notches down the <laughs> dial. Yeah. And then you get to Fuse. The white music channel. Yeah. Uh, I heard a commercial for them on Hot 97, I'm sure, saying... Hey, we have the new version of Yo MTV Raps. And this is at a time when, you know, there, there was no Yo MTV Raps. Um, you yeah, had it was 2005. You had like BET, but, but there was no, and beyond 106 and Park, there was no like uh, place for that type of conversation. And I thought, you know, if I was ever into TV, I bet I could create a better show than what they're advertising for right now. And uh, soon thereafter, we linked up. I mean, we're brothers, so we knew each other. Yeah, I uh, came home from college. You, and you did. were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even before then, you were working with Kanye. I, I did. I have a history with Kanye. I mean, a lot of people can listen to our two hundredth episode. Yeah, of the and podcast, get the whole story. Get the whole story. But but the the short end of it is that Jeff and I teamed up and decided to not go with any of the places that didn't understand us and try to fight for just you know a, a bigger platform to accept us. It was like. Let's do it ourselves. It's what can we do on our own? We have a camera. We have a computer. We have friends. We have abilities. We have ideas. We have the time. So let's treat this like it's our own TV show. And every Monday morning at 9 o'clock, we'll put an episode up. And because it became appointment viewing, we gained an audience. And that started this snowball that, you know, over the course of the corresponding 12 years has been our mantra, which is consistency and quality. And the cool thing is, and a, a real thing is, that every time we switch mediums, podcasts, music, TV, videos, uh, absurdist interviews on red carpets, whatever it is, it really is like starting from scratch where you have to sell yourself as this new something because it takes a lot for people to view you a certain way they're like oh no yeah, guys who did sketches and then it's like you know they get used to and that's why people call us podcasters these days they don't know maybe that we have this history doing all these other things and it's hard to start over but i think it's worth it and the the crazy thing about what we do now is that we've been accepted as like these and these are not my words not yours but like hip-hop historians which is nuts yeah well i also and this is not this question yeah i do you, do you always find it weird when people call us legends? I do, but I'm starting to accept it more because that's just their viewpoint. It's like... it's like I think it's weird because it's always a person who calls me that and then right next to them is somebody who doesn't know who I am. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> like if I'm so legendary, then how come... I guess so. Um, but it's nice. It is nice. It... That Honestly, takes me back to being like in Little League and um, I remember an opposing coach coming up to me after a game and saying how well I played and I thought to myself and said out loud, I was just like, oh no, but I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I missed this and he was like, accept this, like learn to take this. This is like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I mean like I'm fine in the moment. Like you call me a legend, I'm not going to say no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you call me a legend, I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll leave feeling. Then the do best. you find that the person next to you who didn't know who you were makes a, a point to be like, who oh, are you? Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of people who they'll see different people gather mm-hmm. and immediately are like, oh, I'm a huge fan too, and it's like, mm, right, I don't think so. No, there's there's absolutely that. Yeah. But I think Remember that when we were at, at uh, A3C last year mm-hmm. and uh, like there were all these kids who came up to us and there was like probably like five or six. Yeah. And then suddenly seven, eight, nine came over mm-hmm. and they were just like, oh, like, who are you? Yeah. And then actually that happens like all the time. It does. It yeah. does. Uh, related someone. Let's see if we can find this. I saw there was another question. Oh, uh, Allison Sexton said, are we coming to A3C this year? I don't believe we are. I don't think so. I don't think we so. We were there last year. 
Yeah. I would love to be down there. I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. I don't year. think we're going to make it down this year. We'd love to come back down to Atlanta, and we love A3C. Mitch Gaines asks, who does your mom want you guys to interview? By the way, Mitch Gaines has a bunch of questions. Yeah, so this so, is one. Okay, first first answer. Ari Melber from MSNBC. <laughs> that's that's the it. The guy who's who uh, inserts hip-hop lines shout out to him and minutia like, into the news <laughs> he's doing his thing our uh, mom, mom loves, loves him. him uh can't she, get enough she wants to see him on the podcast when and jeff have, is like jeff's like let's get chris hayes on <laughs> yeah and mom's like but ari and it's just like all right yeah you know listen by the way mom enjoys all the episodes that she listens to you know john legend or killer mike or whoever it is marcia st hubert marcia st hubert loves all the episodes that she listens to but uh who is number one that she wants us to have on well okay so it's it's, it's ari melber but it's also Questlove. she does want us to get Questlove on but yeah. she also wants to be here when Questlove is here oh and there were other people too uh, uh there was a there was a time when we thought soledad o'brien was going to come over here and she mom wanted, wanted to be, be here for that yeah she wanted to be here for trevor no- trevor noah yeah she wanted to be here for it. You know, mom, the door's always open. You are invited. Sort of. I mean, like, what would mom do? No, it's just sit here. Okay. Just sit here as yeah. a fan. We All should right. sell tickets. People always want to do that. Really? Yeah. I, I, I constantly get hit up by people who are like, can I sit in? Oh, I never hear this. So really? this is great. I love how people just, you know, go to you. Oh, They're I like Jeff will let me in. No, Eric's the hard nobody's ass. ever come through. <laughs> no, that that's true. Because I've, I've, what's the point? Have you been telling mom no? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else does Mitch say? Okay. Uh, what's your favorite question to ask a guest? Mine is, who do you get confused for? That is a great question. Um, so like when Flatbush Zombies were like, uh, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really good question. It's very like, it's very you. Mm-hmm. It's not to be confused for any other like interviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that any is specific to me. I don't know that I enjoy asking it. I, I do start out saying like, where are you originally from? You have a few that you... Yeah, that I rely on, that yeah. a crutch, but I yeah. don't know that I enjoy them. It's just sort of like a time and a place. You like um like high school oh, driver's test questions? Well, I, I don't know that I... I enjoy the conversation around it. I'm not, I'm not, it's not like a question that I think is so like revealing. unique to me. Yeah. yeah. I, it is, re- it is revealing. I just don't think it's unique to me. Tony Siv asks, what song did you guys go ape shit for when hearing it live? I would say what dudes in Paris. That's a big one. I remember when Kanye and Jay-Z were touring as watch the throne and the way the tour was routed around the country, you would see videos from, I guess beyond the world, too. They perform in Europe, too, or something like that. Yeah. And by the time it got to us, and we saw them in either New York or New Jersey. I can't remember at this point. We saw it in New Jersey. But I do remember watching them, and you knew that they were going to play it a dozen times in a row. And there was such excitement, and people were just going crazy over the drops and the lyrics and just being a part of this thing. That was that was a moment. Yeah. Um, I would say... You know, I I um I remember we went to Summer Jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a Summer Jam one too. And we were side stage, not like side side stage. We were um like on the on side the, of the stage. Yeah, and so it was us and I think Low Key and maybe Peter Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. And no, it it couldn't have been Peter because he wouldn't have cared about this. But <laughs> when um when they played Dipset Anthem, mm. we acted like it was like two thousand and one. And it was definitely not to that. It was like 2000 and... And not one. Yeah. Do you remember when The Locks performed and they did This Is D-Block? Oh, and went that, crazy. Huh? I said we went crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, there used to be a video on YouTube of me swag surfing. Before before swag surfing became like a thing. the thing. Yeah. Shout out to Loki who made it a thing. Yeah. The thing. But yeah, Aura took that video of me, and so like I was like leading the crowd. Yeah, this doing was swag surf. That was a moment. Yeah, that was a moment. But it was like, it was it, like that song wasn't cool yet. You know, it, it had been cool, and then it like died down. Yeah, and but this I was like, in that died down version. Yeah, I think that that's my sweet spot. By the way, yeah, just, after things are cool, yeah, give it like six months, and that's when it's like cool to me. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, and this is like. Neither here nor there. This was not a live performance. Yeah. But uh, back in 2008. Okay. We went, we were invited to our first like part, our first like event. Okay. We were two guys who had just moved to the city. We didn't know anybody. And 
we got an, an invite to Elliot Wilson's birthday party from his wife. Yeah, his wife Danielle invited and us. Yeah, we went down there, and we had we had met Danielle because she was one of the first believers in us. She had us to the. Uh, to vibe, oh, that's to, true. to have yeah. meetings. Mm-hmm. So we went there, and obviously she knew who we were. We met Elliot for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was crazy because all these people who... We didn't know who our audience was at that point. Mm-hmm. We were just two guys who were making these videos. And so Loki came up to us. Mm-hmm. Angela Yee came up to us. Yeah, I mean, it was a different time, too. Angela Yee wasn't on The Breakfast Club. She wasn't on Sirius. Like, like Lowe was just, you know, a blogger from New Jersey. Um, you know, people you just, you know of, but don't know. Right. This is before Twitter, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, we were there, and Just Blaze was DJing. Mm-hmm. And First time we met him, yep. But Just played a bunch of, like, his songs. Mm-hmm. And I remember rapping with him. Yeah. His songs. Yeah. And like that was. Yeah, this was like towards the end of the night. And it was just like him and us like right there, like sharing this hip hop moment. That was the coolest. Mm -hmm. I I remember you and I, we walked from. Well, it was more than that, too. It was that like we got a chance to talk with him after and be like, yo, you know, we're these guys. And he's like, I know who you are. And he's like, would, would you like to come and hang out at baseline? And then we did. And, and it was just this, this, it was very pure. It was very pure. It was very, it's just, again, a different time. Like we're still, we're still friends with just now. We, we see him. It's, it's, we might see him this Friday. There are, um, not that many moments there where it's like, not that we're jaded, but it's, it's like, man, that was life changing. Yeah. We walked like 70 blocks home and I remember walking through Times Square at like four o'clock in the morning and just like looking up and being like, this is such a a night that I will never forget. I did forget exactly where the place was. <laughs> I thought that it was up and down. Right. It is, it is not. not. It is not. No. Um, I am G King asks, what would both of you tell yourselves five years in the past that you learned from this year? What did we learn this year? Well, I, I was thinking about this morning because I did read over these questions very briefly. Okay. And I think that I would tell myself from five years ago that I don't need to like please everybody. I don't mm. need to be liked by everybody. Mm. I think that I've always operated with this thing that like I could convince people um, that I'm like a good person or whatever. And it's just like at a certain point, it's just like I don't you don't need to do that you don't need to be friends with everybody i would have uh said to myself five years ago even though the apartment you're in seems so great right now (laughs) it's okay to move yeah (laughs) it and honestly it is and we were we were forced to move like you know our building got sold we had to move but because we moved and because we changed locations and have, you know, taller ceilings and more light. It changes the perspective on everything. And I think that's healthy Our perspective, too. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something... Not, not people's perspective of us. I think that like... <laughs> yeah. Well, but, that too. But I do think that, that, there that was, too. There was a charm to that apartment. No, I agree. But, but, and you know this, there were guests that we didn't want to invite over because we didn't want them to think that we hadn't progressed in certain ways. That's true. And even though we only moved five blocks, I think there is something that shows you, okay, we went from here and we made it here. We made it all the way to five blocks blocks away. (laughs) Um, What are your top five albums of 2019? Uh, Is that? Oh, okay. Here's where we get in trouble, right? (laughs) Why? I, I just like someone else asked, like, do you like Lost Tapes too? I haven't listened to it. Haven't listened to it. Like, don't know. Don't care. Do you like... Have you guys... I love Freddie Gibbs. Mm-hmm. I love him as a person. I love him as a rapper. I have not given a lot of time to his new album. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. I And it, everyone's like, yo, that's the that's the album. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, And someone else asked um, if there are artists that we can recommend um, for this person who doesn't like mumble rap mm-hmm. or is afraid of... Where music has gone well, lately. By the way, to him, I would say you can listen to Pinata. You can listen to by Freddie Gibbs. You can right. listen to 
Um, Whoever. There's lots West of... Westside Gun, Conway. Artists, yeah, who uh, respect Benny. lyricism, do a great job with lyricism. Yeah. Um, but I think that... And someone else was like, what are the albums that you keep going back to from your past? Like, what has the greatest replay value or whatever? And I think that it's like... I have fallen prey to playlisting and to... Um, That's not true. You always listen to albums like over and over and over. You listen to the Rick Ross album. You listen to the Jeezy album. But those are new is yeah. what I'm saying, right? And like, and I'll go to the Spotify like made for you things and mm-hmm. like find things through that. But I'm not going back to, um, you know, necessarily an album from like 2002 to listen to... Well, 2002 was a bad year. Straight, straight through. That was a bad year. Um, I listen to the Ari Lennox album a lot. That's a great one. I love that album. But I'm going to be honest, I haven't listened to that in full in a few months now. I mean, I have. I, I've i been listening to a lot of albums from the 90s. Like, the, the, here's the thing. Yeah. If so maybe... You wanna, if you want to enjoy 90s music, listen to 90s music. Like, the, even like albums that you didn't enjoy back then, there's mm-hmm. so many that I've gotten into as an adult. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Drew Hill yesterday. Oh, that's cool. I was full full to, album? Full album. Wow. 3188 asks, what's your favorite I'm in the hood like punchline? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite one? I can name one right off the dome, which is Jadakiss when he's like, I'm in the hood like them little motorcycles. That's really good. Yeah. I don't have one. You don't have one. No. They're all your favorites. <laughs> Every single one. Can't um, get enough. Another Jadakiss related question. Elberondon asks why I can't come through in the pecan jag. You know why. I, I do know the song why. No, you know why you cannot come through in the pecan jag, Elberon Don. Reckless I, Rod you know asks, how much does it cost for you guys to host a mixtape? Because I rap and I want y'all to talk shit on my project like you did with Charles Hamilton. I don't know that I have an answer necessarily other than to say there are so many people. So many. Who come up to us and are like, I know your voice. And we're like, oh, thanks for listening to our podcast. And they're like, podcast? Like, I know you from hosting It's Charles Hamilton, the mixtape. And we're like, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. We were just doing a talk uh, like two weeks ago. Yep. And this guy came up to us and he was like, I did not know who you were. Mm -hmm. But then when you said that you were Eric and Jeff, I was like, oh, my God. The guys. You were those guys. The mixtape. It's crazy. Charles Hamilton's reach is so fucking far. So far. For us. For us. Shout out to Charles Hamilton. Katie Cake Cake Cake. Shout out to Katie. Cake. Yeah. Four Cakes. Mm-hmm. Says, when was the first moment you knew what you wanted to do with your life? Oh. Um, first moment I knew. Uh, I wanted to be a cartoon artist as a kid. I knew it. Oh. So I it doesn't knew- matter that you <laughs> that you did not follow through on this. No. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I also wanted to be... I saw Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I know I'm, I need to write for Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. I want to be that kid. And I did that while we were doing It's the Real, though. I don't know why, but I do remember uh, maybe when we were at camp knowing that I wanted to get into filmmaking. And I know that there was this idea of... Oh, no, I know what it was. I remember working at Purchase Day Camp and I had gotten into my head that I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, and what I, sport? Well, it depended, honestly. Like, I, I wanted to call basketball games. I don't think it really worked out in high school. And I wanted to call hockey games because our, our high school got a hockey team for the first time. And I was like, oh, let me try that. And it, and it again, it, I don't know if it was a lack of follow-through on my part or like the... Did you try I, I like tried you basketball. To, you talked to somebody? I tried basketball. I did a game in basketball. I really? was like, yeah, yeah. I did color commentary um, with uh, Jason Paul, and um, who was like a couple years older than me. And um, after that, though, I was like, oh, I want to call hockey. Not even a huge hockey fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most fun sport to see live, I think. I, don't, I saw a soccer game the other day. That was really exciting. Yeah. Fun, fun times. Good mm-hmm. atmosphere. Shout out to everyone at the NYCFC and... Um, Sorry to the Red Bulls. Yeah. But um, I, I had it in my head that I wanted to be some sort of sports broadcaster. And then that sort of evolved into like a morning show talk host. Oh, I remember that. And that was like short lived. But then um, I, I really found my way behind a camera lens. And I remember 
just knowing that there was nothing that was going to stop me from being a feature film writer and director. And I, I know and and worked hard at it, like made, you know, these these epic 30, 40 minute movies with you all guys um, at camp, like 30 or 40 kids who were 13 or 14 years old, 15 years old. Um, we would make these like long movies and uh, that went into college and. Um, and then from there, obviously, like you adapt and you use your skills in different ways. So there's things that we've done ever since then where I've directed or written or acted in, but not necessarily uh, did any of the things that I, I I wanted to play baseball when I was, you know, really young, you know, mm-hmm. but life moves on and you use your skills in different ways. Yeah. I mean, your coach thought that you were a great uh, baseball player. No, 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 no. The other coach did. Oh, the opposing coach. The came opposing over to you. coach did. I'm sure my coach thought I was was a nice guy too. But yeah. uh, well, not, nice guy. Yeah. I, I meant nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, good yeah, player. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Radio Tierra Band says, "What's your favorite Chinese dish to order during Christmas?" This is a really good question. That is a great question because on it's Christmas, revealing. I, I honestly. If we had more Jews up here, I would ask that question. Well, yeah. I, so, I, I would steal that question. It's a really good question. There are a lot of people who don't understand that for Jews, um, the only thing open on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and night are the Chinese spots because they're not celebrating Christmas either. So we go there, mm-hmm. as Jews do, and uh, we order what? What do you order? What would you order? What do you want Ooh. to order? This first is like of all, planning for like Halloween, like early. Yeah. First of all, big on wonton soup. Yeah. Gotta get wonton definitely, soup. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I love a good egg roll. Yeah. I fuck with an egg roll. I fuck with a spring roll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like an egg but, roll more than a spring but roll. But those are very like secondary to me. Okay. It's gotta be wonton soup for me. Okay. And then I've gotta get, as a kid, I was always into lo mein. Okay. Now I find that to be like a little bit like lazy. Wow. I, um, I like to do lazy. It well, listen, pedestrian. It's 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 real <laughs> bottom of the barrel stuff. Yeah, just like some greasy noodles, which Damn. are great. Damn, but you know, I like more adventurous fare now. Oh, like what? Last year I did <laughs> beef and broccoli. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's the most touristy? Yeah, first time in town sort of thing. Yeah, let me get the beef and P. broccoli. P.F. Chang's. Yeah, let me get the General Tso's chicken. Yeah. You got to mispronounce it, though. Oh, yeah. Let me get the General Sow's chicken <laughs> to, to sow. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I like... By the way, there's a great documentary about General Sow's chicken. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just telling them. <laughs> yeah. I know you've seen it. <laughs> You're looking at me when I... Yeah. Also, it's a communal experience. And yeah. So, you got to share. Know, you got to share. Aunt it's Jane's a, always looking to, like, give some of her food away. Yeah. Same with mom. Hey, Angus Luke asks, what are your favorite AKAs? Mine are Mean Mug and Papa Smurf. Those, uh, those are both mine. Both yours. So that was... I'm not mad at that. No. I mean, I I'm, think we I'm both mad agree. That I'm, I'm <laughs> You're mad at yourself. I'm mad at myself. You wish that you had done some better AKAs I that do. matched the level of mine. Oh, this doesn't happen too much. We never get sirens anymore. I know. Um, yeah, so those are both mine. Uh, what was it? Uh, yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka World's Worst Dad, aka Mean Mug. Yeah. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Shoot a Boy in Blue, aka Papa Smurf. They're excellent. They're excellent. Uh, yeah, yours. Are I not have one. On my I, have, level. I have some good ones. What? I was saying yours are not on my level. No, I have I have one that I'm like super proud of that I could never use again because I, I feel like the time has passed. Um, what is it? It is Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka the Night King. AKA iced out the watch. That's really good. Can't use it. <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Eric, AKA the Night King, AKA iced out the watch. Killed it. That's for all my throne heads out there. Yeah, I think I did a Night King thing about like a party promoter, right? <laughs> I, don't, I, said, I, don't, I don't remember that. I said, how too. many like lame party invites are going out? <laughs> Some dork calling himself the oh, Night yeah, King. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that on Two Jews and Two Black Dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty great. Um, uh, yes, yo, what up? It's Jeff, yeah. aka Player of the Year, aka Uchiwali Zerbiak. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Harmonica Solo, aka Move and Blow. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Gimme Little Head, aka Zika Virus. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Crip Walkin, aka Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you use that one? I did. Yeah. That's <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. It, yeah, but what what people don't know is that Jeff and I don't tell each other these. We just do them in the moment, and yeah. a lot of it's just like, um, you and you can see this in the in the Rick Ross video or or the pictures that that uh, 
Tommy, uh, Boney Starks takes. Um, I'm so focused on remembering mine and not screwing it up in front of the guest and mm-hmm. making it the the big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you are too. You oh, know, yeah, it's like, I, I never hear yours. Yeah, right. And so the person, the, the, there's a great picture that Tommy took of Big Crit where he's just like eyes wide open, like what is going on? So no matter whether people know us or don't know us, it's always a surprise and always funny um, to sort of experience it. But we, but we don't experience it, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely don't remember the last time I've actually heard an AKA of yours in the moment. Yeah, but uh, there are T-shirts available. Um, or I guess it's just... There's just one. There, we have one T-shirt. Do we know what size it is? Let me look it up right now. Um, you keep them busy. Okay. Um, hey guys, what's going on with me? Uh, the other night I was here in the apartment by myself and I looked over. This is, this is not a good story. (laughs) At the kitchen. Well, wait till I tell it. Okay. Maybe I'll do an accent. Yeah. I looked over at the kitchen and I uh, 10,000% saw a rat, a New York city rat in our apartment. And then I kept my eyes on it and it, it like, by the way, we keep our apartment super clean. It scurried back into the corner and I quickly realized that I made up the whole thing in my head. Like I hallucinated a rat. There is no way that there was a rat in the kitchen. Was, was this before or after, uh, I texted the super and the porter about this? So I called you and I said, I see a rat or I saw a rat. But it's it's behind the trash can. You didn't say, you didn't say, hey, wait, it's all it's it's in my head, right? You said there's a rat. I said, cool, I'm going to. Uh, I said, are you are you are you good? And I said yes. And I said I'm going to hit up the porter. You hit up the super. And I hit up super. And they came up to me today. Uh, the shirt is a small. We have one small shirt at itsthereal.com slash shop uh, in AK. We have one that AKA shirt by the way. Mm-hmm. The only AKA shirt we have left is a small. I wonder, I can't be the only person that like makes things up. I mean, that, that this has happened to. We have all other sizes for all the other shirts, but uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hit up um, our friend Foster and I told him the same thing and he was like, I make up, like, he's like, I'll see mice in shadows all the time. Mm-hmm. I thought, I, I thought I saw a rat, like a giant rat in our kitchen. Did, did you make eye contact with it? Like we're, yeah, I go, huh? <laughs> And, and uh, then it, what did it he backed say? away. <laughs> yeah. What did he say? He said, hey, who's coming up on the podcast? So that's... <laughs> Little Brother's coming up, by so the way. That's, so that's not... That didn't happen. Didn't happen. But I have been on edge ever since. This is weird. It was a weird thing. I, I almost wanted to ask one of the neighbors today if the woman who had lived here before had died. Because maybe it's like a ghost. She came back as a rat? She came back as a rat. A Sales 25 says, are you guys going to drop another album soon? I enjoyed Teddy Bear Fresh. I enjoyed Teddy Bear Fresh as well. And yes, there is another project in the works. Los Nahato. Los Nahato. All right. Someone asked. <laughs> Los. Yeah. Shout can, out to Los. Can Dan rap? Um, Dan can rap. Dan can rap. Dan does not want I don't want think Dan rap. admits he raps. Dan. Um, not anymore. Well, Dan needed a writer. Dan Dan did. And then uh, when he moved to Cleveland, I think he had a little time there where he, where he would like sort of impress coworkers with his rap skills. Um, today's day and age, Dan is not out there uh, showing off. Yeah, Dan is our J Electronica. Dan is not putting out projects. Cool ass Dre 91 says, would y'all be down to do another TV show? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have the greatest idea in the world. And... We're not letting it die after one shot at MTV. No. I mean, but also there's, yeah, there's right. just a lot of conversations. A couple podcast questions. Abdominal. Abdominal says, what is your booking and research process for new guests on the podcast? Well, first of all, we only want to bring up here people that we really would want to talk to. You know, like, I think that's people that we respect, people that we fuck with. This is our home. You yeah. Know? You're inviting people into your home. You're going to spend an hour and a half with them. I would hope that they would be uh, people we would be interested in, in hearing their story on a genuine level. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, the second part is, are they going to be in town? So I look to see if they're doing any 
late night shows or concerts or anything in the area or if they live here. Yeah, sometimes sometimes we do travel to them, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make it work if we really, really, really want to get it in a timely manner. Yeah, but... um, And research? Research, I used to do a ton of research. Mm-hmm. I think for the Rick Ross one, we both did a lot of research. Yeah. But usually not that much. It's, no. You want to have like a normal conversation and not just be yeah. bringing up things. Like, I remember when JoJo came up here... Jojo the singer, yeah. um, like leave get out Jojo. Yeah. And I I knew too much about her to the yeah. point that like it was like off putting yeah. because she the engine seizes. It's like uh you know. Yeah. Like she was just like, Why do you know that? Right. <laughs> she was really nice. She she we've seen her since and, and she's been like not weirded out by me. So that's yeah. been cool. Um BB Vitamin says, What has been your most enjoyable tidbit or fact about someone that you enjoyed learning on the show? Uh hers was when Alex Tume shared that young thug records in the dark. I would say that Ev Boogie, who runs up North Trips, when he was on and he told us that he was a part of Tape Masters Inc., that blew my mind. Like, honestly had no words, didn't know how to sort of comprehend what he was saying to us in our own language. I have a few. Yeah. But I think that enjoyable isn't the word that that sticks with me. Okay. But the most, like, crazy thing... Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a few. I'll I'll say the True Life episode is so slept on. Mm. And we talked to him about, remember um, Escape from Danamora, how yep. that happened while he was up there? Yeah, well, we found that out. Yeah. 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 Because you were like... He said that he was at Clinton. Clinton uh, Correctional Facility. And I was like, wait, wasn't that the place where they had that escape? Like, were, were you there? And then we talked about it. And yeah. he was like, I'm surprised that, mo- that more people haven't talked about that. Yeah, crazy. So that was crazy. I mean, but really the thing that sticks out for me from that interview was him talking about how he dealt with being in prison for this crime that he didn't commit yeah. and um, how he would bite his arms to keep from crying. Like, that's what sticks with me. Like, that, that is the most horrifying image I think I, I've ever um, yeah. heard from anybody on here. Also, I mean, on a, on a lighter note, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed... Uh, Ian Rexara Wolfson mm-hmm. talking about how <laughs> his name on on Facebook was Ian Rexara Wolfson, and so his his girlfriend's mother was like, "Oh, are you Native American?" <laughs> that was pretty great. That was really funny. <laughs> um, you know, there's a few. Oh, so wait, so the tidbit would be that he's not. He's not. <laughs> that's Native the, that's what you learned. Um, I, I enjoyed when Bobby Trends used to come into the city mm-hmm. with who? AJ Calloway. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Corey Terry says is money ever a driving force with your creative directions and do you gentlemen ever argue about that okay definitely argue about it but it's it's funny because it's like we both recognize that money is not the driving factor here right Mm -hmm. but there is a part of me that's like I don't feel like I'm like how can all these kids call us legends when we're not making money doing this stuff like how well i don't uh, okay i I think that there is a a a a feeling of worth that i would get from getting some money out of this yeah of course yeah i i don't think that being a legend and doing legendary work is necessarily the same as getting all the money i mean that might be true the goal i think is as an artist is to is to do both yeah but i remember like when kids would come up to me and they would be like, oh, my God, you're so humble. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so regular. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, you know, wh- how could I not be? Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no world in which I am out here, like, in a Lambo. Right. Yeah. Look, we are, we are, we're humble artists, you know. We, we put all of our money back into this. Um, we create that's what we do. And like I said earlier, we're looking for those partners who can help us not sell out, but to level up. Yeah. So, also, I mean, there is nothing that, that you and I love more than arguing. That, that is not true. Yeah. I do not like arguing. I think that we, we just make it a pastime. We, we argue about things because we care about them so much. Yeah. Astronaut Jones asks, what is your worst experience you've had with a guest? Also... <laughs> 
<laughs> what is your favorite memory of Reggio Say? Well, I guess all right, let me let me answer the first part first. Okay. Um we had a writer. There was a writer. Yeah. I guess I didn't let you answer it, but <laughs> you can answer it. There was a writer who came over. He was invited onto the podcast. He came over to our home, had a very bad attitude for whatever reason. He said that he had just gotten off a flight. Listen, you know, I've gotten off of a lot of flights and never had this type of reaction when I went into someone's home. Anyway, that episode didn't come out because in the middle of it, he looked at me, this writer, and said, I'm done talking to you, and turned his back on me and started just talking to Jeff. And I, I really thought that we were going to fight, yeah. like have a real fist fight in our kitchen. I mean, there was stuff that led up to that point. Like, this didn't just exist in a vacuum. He was saying some things that you disagreed with. You were pushing back on them. Mm -hmm. Which, again, is not how our podcast really goes. Right. But, like, he he had a weird attitude. I stand by... I completely agree with you. That he was wrong and handled himself in such a way that would have made for a really entertaining but, podcast okay. in the end. So but, maybe he was doing it right. Well, no, but here's the thing. So that happens, right? He yes. turns to me. Yeah. And we all agree that this episode is not coming out, right? <laughs> but then he didn't leave. Yeah. He wouldn't leave because he was like, oh, like, I didn't mean to come off. He's like, and so for about 45 minutes, he just sat there. Imagine, imagine, you know, for all the people who wanted these things videoed. Yeah. Everyone was like, give us visuals. We want to see what it's like in the room. Imagine we videoed that one. Imagine we videoed the Black Rob one. Well, I mean, that never even... <laughs> I, I wish we videoed the Black Rob one. I wish we were like, you know, had cameras on the door and he yeah. didn't even step foot in our place. He just turned around and went to the elevator and down. He's about his business. <sighs> that was crazy. Um, all right. What is your favorite memory of Reggio Say? I remember when he was working on Mogul, we went to go visit him. Um, he was working out of the Whole Foods down in Gowanus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he... <laughs> uh, the offices were across the street. I think he was yeah. getting a little bite to eat, sitting at a table and doing some work. Yeah, he was working at there it. Was right? no, there was no... It's not like... He, he, not he, he, he wasn't was working like, at the... He wasn't at the... at the. Yeah, he wasn't like, you know, shucking oysters. I'm just <laughs> saying that he was... He was working on like... How much is, there was uh, a table. is wild salmon yeah, he's by like the pound? Eleven ninety nine. <laughs> it's a good price. It was a great time. It's my favorite memory. Yeah. <laughs> memory of combat um, um no he was working at a table we hung out with him for probably like an hour and a half that was just a really good conversation <laughs> before then he, he got, go back, got to back to work <laughs> i enjoyed the whole process of him hosting our show at sobs mm -hmm. um him asking you know there was such a like it was like a excitement of a of a of a young like you know high schooler he was just like like asking you know this big question he was like if you guys don't mind if you haven't had like you know, someone else like jump in. I totally, you know, understand, but it'd be so much fun to do. And I've always wanted to, you know, like do this and I support you guys. I really fuck with you. And, and it, it ended up being this great thing. He brought great energy down to the green room. He, uh, he said some controversial things on stage though. Can't, you know, co-sign that, <laughs> but he was, uh, he was himself. He was, he was, uh, he was just his same fun, excitable guy. Um, recently we went to, um, uh, Gimlet Media and uh, Loudspeakers and Spotify. Uh, Mogul is obviously coming back. Shout out to our guy, uh, Jinx, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, who is uh, the new host following in Combat's footsteps uh, for the upcoming season. They did a special episode dedicated to Reggie, and they had a live um, sort of oral history with friends and family and colleagues and coworkers and all that. And um, and some of his uh, co-workers were on stage and were just like, Reggie could get down. Reggie could have a good time. He was always bringing like, you know, fun to the parties and everything. And, and he brought that same thing to our stage. And, um, you know, we, we couldn't have been more honored to have somebody of his uh, energy and ilk uh, a, a, a part of our, our big night, too. Sam Gustafson asks... What's one piece of advice you would give to someone trying to carve their own lane in media or podcast specifically? And what was the first big interview you guys landed? How did you go about it? Okay. 
this is this is the real honest truth. Yeah. Back when we thought that when we were doing the real before it became it's the real. Yeah. 2007. Okay. We were like we're going we want this to be a three-prong TV show. Right. So one of the prongs was going to be sketch comedy which right. we ended up doing. Yep. But the other two prongs were live performances. Yep. And also interviews sort of like 60 minutes. Okay, yes. The first interview we ever did mm-hmm. was Consequence, Consequence. Yep. Outside of the dry, dry cleaners, cleaners yeah. out in Queens. On like Linden Boulevard. But I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> the we- other big get that we got from that time yeah. was Mims. Mims right? <laughs> which we did in the parking lot yep. of his show. Out in the middle of Long Island. Because he was performing at this club called Mirage. Yep. And he did This, this is m- Why I'm Hot. Yeah. Three and a half times. Yep. It was it was it was it was popping. It was the perfect mim show. But but this but is also at the tail end we, of We did a yeah. So we did a sketch with him. We did the well, interview. Okay. We were we we hit up all the record companies. Yes. And we said, Hey, whoever you have in town, like we'd love to do like yeah. do something with Cause, them because yeah we're no ones we're, we are nobodies we knew nobody there was no there's no history there there's no connections there it was a lot of cold emails and everyone's like you guys picked the wrong weekend they were like it's bet weekend everybody's in la and we were trying to we were trying to impress aol America Online. That's how long ago this was. Who had a... Um, well, this was at the tail end of like AOL. So this yeah. is 2006 going into 2007, somewhere in that area. And we wanted to impress them. And if they said, give us three videos that we can try out on our Black Voices channel, they said, if you, if you can deliver us three, we will happily accept three. And we were like, we want to overperform, mm-hmm. overdeliver. And we'll give you like eight. And we did. And uh, yeah, one that of was them, the talent that was in New York. One of them, we did this thing in in the parking lot. Oh, also the reason that they said that we could do something with Mims, the yeah. record label. Yeah. They were like, if you video his concert. We'll pay you. We'll pay you and you can talk to Mims. So we got uh, myself paid. Mm-hmm. We got you paid. Yep. We got Mayo paid, mm-hmm. who did the audio. And we got maybe Mike Shea. Mm-hmm. Paid another camera guy, and, um, and we put together this thing, and also got our content, which we never, never aired. Yeah. Never aired. So, yeah. shout out to us for getting things going. Uh, but what was the first part of the question? What's one piece of advice you would give to someone trying to carve their own lane in media podcast specifically? I would say that you should have your own voice. You know, a lot of people complain that the market is oversaturated. There's a lot of podcasts, and the truth is. There are a lot of podcasts, but I don't think there's too many. It's not like when you're going to sleep, it's like, well, I've listened to every podcast there is. There's so many out there. So once you find one, you want to listen to everything that they have. So make it your duty to stand out, to do something different. You know, when we first tried to sell this podcast, there was this idea where it's like, well, there has to be a gimmick. I don't think there has to be a gimmick, but as long as you figure out your voice and you become comfortable in putting on a show in whatever way you do it, keep doing that. And, you know, and don't stop. The craziest thing is when people say, I want to do a podcast, they record one episode and they either don't put it out or they put it out, don't get the numbers that they had hoped for or dreamed of. And then they stop and they never pick it up again. That's the worst. The best thing you can do. And we've done this time and time again is consistency and quality. Put your shit out there. Who cares what people think at first? Get better at what you do. Who cares what people think ever? And make it happen. Yeah. Also, somebody... I can't find the question, but Mm -hmm. somebody had asked, how do you set yourself apart, though? I mean, I think that there's so many ways to set yourself apart, you know? Like, not everyone has to do the same thing. There's only going to be one Joe Budden podcast. Not everyone has to be, like... I'll say this... I am so tired of people trying to set themselves apart by just being loud. Yeah. Like, just, like, controversy. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, 
Also, just do what's what's honest to you. Don't just try and get clicks. Yeah. Also, if you're going to put on a live show, make it worth it for your audience. Don't waste their time. If you're going to put on a show, you don't need a giant guest. You just need to entertain. And some of that takes a lot of work, guys. Some people get on stage and they're nervous as hell and they run out of questions and they don't have the ability to improv or freestyle or keep the night going. If you have a paid audience out there, you have to give them the best evening of their lives. Make it worth it. Villain for Life says, I'm a longtime fan, listen to every episode, I'm sure, multiple times. And for me, you are the official Rockefeller podcast. I would agree with that. After the great work you've done with artists and producers and almost everyone who's ever worked there, Plus many other record labels. I can't recall you guys bringing up Death Row Records much, if at all. I could be wrong, but I just wondered how you felt about their artists, their legacy, and the overall impact on hip-hop. Love Death Row. Yeah. Your first album, I think, that yeah, you bought. I, yeah, Snoop Doggy yeah. Dog, Doggy oh. Style. Um, love Death Row. Love the legacy. You and I were watching YouTube videos of live Death Row performances. You know, Snoop and Tupac. Uh, obviously, everybody opening up the Source Awards. Um I was watching a Suge Knight documentary on Showtime recently that he did with Antoine Fuqua um, over the course of a couple of years. The But I will say this. I don't have the same connection mm-hmm. with Death Row for a variety of reasons. I think that when I was yeah. really like getting into hip-hop... It was Bad Boy. It, well, it, it was, was bad Rough boy, Riders. It was Rough Riders. Also, it was... You know, Rockefeller, East, East Coast, West Coast. Sure. So they wasn't they weren't playing a lot of yeah. West Coast music on the East Coast, and so Tupac was not on right. my radar like that. Right. Um, but I will say, when I went to college, my roommate my freshman year only listened to Tupac. Mm-hmm. Now he's like a zillionaire, so maybe I should have been listening <laughs> to more Tupac. I think that um, Snoop and Dre meant everything to my soul you know uh the and real and whatever george clinton and everybody right like mm-hmm. it's it's g-funk um that really resonated and spoke to me and opened my ears up yeah i think i got into it much later you know I'm, lady of rage was not mm-hmm. something that was on someone that was on my radar mm-hmm. back in the day but then like now i listen to afropuffs i'm just like yo like that's like that's sort of the shit yeah um anyway i would i would love to get i mean dre doesn't do interviews but right that'd be cool yeah um <laughs> uh, beats by broadway did y'all go to ps87 or is44 no but i was <laughs> making the joke that um i was like is there an ms13 oh god as and in middle school yeah middle school 13 and apparently i i mean i didn't look it up maybe i'll look it up now um <laughs> Our guy Josh out there in San Diego, El Stampo. Oh, by the way, there is a middle school 13. It's called junior high school 13, <laughs> though. So, And it's actually on the Upper East Side. Oh, God. But, oh, the, but oh, they don't, Upper East Side? Yeah, but they Terrorists. don't. Terrorists. <laughs> but they don't call it MS-13. They should, though. Josh El Stampo uh, from San Diego. Mm-hmm. When you guys first got started, what kept you going and motivated when you didn't have the support or the momentum you felt you needed? Man. Okay. I think that we go through this you know, it's a cyclical thing, right? Like there are certain periods where you're just like, yo, like we're sort of killing it. And then there are periods where you do not feel like that. And I think that right now we're coming out of a period where I, I wish that we had had more support. I think that the tough thing about being guys who work for ourselves Mm -hmm. is that we rely so much on our supporters in ways that a lot of people can take for granted. Like, I was feeling so low this past week and then an email came back today and I I felt immediately so much better. Mm -hmm. And even just like the small things of when Ben Haggerty from LA posted a thing on Instagram just, just saying, hey, you guys out there should rate and subscribe to It's The Real's podcast. That was just really nice, and it and it kept me going. It's these small things, small messages, small like likes, retweets, like it all matters. We went to Corey Towns' party called Family Reunion at Kinfolk on Fridays, and uh, we went this past Friday. Stopped in, and a whole bunch of people were telling us that our Rick Ross interview was amazing, or that 
you know, these these guys, Moses, uh, drove in from Rhode Island for this and couldn't believe that we were there and wanted to salute us for all of our work and got into a, an extended conversation with us about it. That means the world to us. Um, we were at another party uh, thrown by the Brownies, Ayana and Brianna, at Vinyl um, a couple weekends ago. And this guy comes up to us and he was like, hey, remember the subway conductor who uh, opened the doors and stuck his head out the window and was like, hey, it's the real. I really fuck with y'all shit. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, that's me. And we were like, oh, my God, that meant the world to us. And and it's things like that where it's like. I, I was on Instagram live this morning. And people were jumping in names I didn't even know. You know, I don't usually do Instagram lives at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Monday morning. And people were like, I've been following you for a long time. I really rock with you. I appreciate everything you do. And um, that that keeps you going. It keeps you going when you're low. keeps you going when you're high. And, you know, supporting in lots of different ways literally keeps us going. And And it's very meaningful for... Everybody who bought mean mugs, everybody who buys T-shirts, everybody who bought rhyme books or tickets to our shows or 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 recommends what we do to friends and family because um, we do do this out of pocket. This is not easy. You know, you you take you take jobs you may not like to pay the rent. You uh, skip meals when you have to. You make the sacrifices, what people think, uh, social situations, um, you know, uh, easy conversations. You sacrifice all that because you believe in a, a, a bigger something. And that bigger something is a successful brand that we call It's The Real, no apostrophe, no spaces, that we've done for a long time, that we haven't pissed people off and we haven't um, stabbed anyone in the back that we haven't uh, crashed down and become irrelevant. We're still around. We're still working harder than ever. We're still creating dope content. And um, knowing that there's people out there where the message is received, whether it's funny, whether it's sincere, whether it's inspiring, whether it's just background noise, we appreciate that. You know, It's one thing to talk directly into a microphone in these four walls in our apartment on the Upper West Side, but it's a whole other thing to get emails from people, like Jeff was saying, for um, notes to come through, or to, uh, to, to, to know that, that people really rock with us enough to um, you know, wear our name on their back. Let's do two more questions. Mm -hmm. First one comes in from uh, Freezy Bricks who says, how can an up-and-coming artist get invited to your podcast? What are the requirements? Well, it's tough because I think that we're at a point in our career where we've had such big names on, and we've told so many stories. People who are in front of the microphones, people who are behind the talent, people who, I don't want to say behind the talent, people who are behind the scenes, and honestly, you have to be sort of worth it to come up here. You know, we can't just have anybody who just because you exist does not mean that you have to exist on our podcast. And, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. I think that there are lots of talented people out there with incredible stories. But you're coming to our apartment. So one, I have to know who you are. And two, you have to be compelling enough to carry on your end, an hour to hour and a half long interview. These are long form interviews. They are not supposed to be introductions to the world. This is about your life, all the things that you've accomplished in your work. We can't just be like, hey, here's a stranger and let's really find out about you on the spot. I'm going to be very honest too. We live in a time where a lot of people want everything right away. And I, I get that feeling too. Um, but you have to work towards things. You have to build up experiences and it makes you a better artist. It also makes you a better story. So if you listen to someone like Mike Posner with us or you listen to somebody like Mano with us or Swiss Beats or K-Slay or whoever, they've gone through a lot of shit. 
And by the way, you could say everyone's gone through a lot of shit, but I think the more experience you have and the more ups and some downs that you have, the more compelling your story is going to be and the more fun you will have in a place to have a long-form interview. Final question. Maybe the most important question. Okay. This comes in from Don't Charge Abdul. Our friend Caduce? Who says... Our real-life friend. Yeah. Who would win the fight, Eric or Jeff? This is his big question, his shot, mm-hmm. to find out one thing. Mm-hmm. And he... He wants to know who would win in a fight, Eric or Jeff. Who wants to go first? Okay, I would say here's here's why I would win. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're rooting for yourself? Hell yeah! Okay. What? Okay, Not okay. rooting okay. to get beaten up? No, 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 no. Uh, if you were a betting man, I think that you put I money would on win. yourself. I, well, I'm gonna make my art, my case for myself. Okay, okay. I think I'm crazier. <laughs> okay. I do think that you're more intense. <laughs> but I do think that if it comes down to it, like I'll snap. <laughs> I'll like I I I would play with less rules. You know, when people ask me <laughs> what do you like about your brother, right? Mm-hmm. We've had interviews and I'm like Jeff is empathetic. <laughs> God forbid they hear this right here. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope whenever we we sell our book mm-hmm. that on the on the back jacket I almost, it quotes you and yeah. says I will snap. Yeah, I I um. So when Caduce asked us this over text, yes, and we both responded, Caduce said that you might win because you probably beat me up as a kid. That is not which the is case. not true. No, but. I did say with that mentality in mind, I was like, or maybe I've been sitting on some sort of trauma from 30 years ago Mm -hmm. and now is my time. Now. I've been biding my time for 30 years. Right. (laughs) And I'm just going to come with like a baseball bat or a chain or something. Well, that would be aggressive. I'm just saying. I think if I was to win in a fight, I'm going to need some tools. (laughs) So it's not like your long arms. I do have a longer reach, but I do. I don't think that that matters in this case. See, I don't think this is like Ali versus Foreman. I'm going to be very honest here. Every time I think about it and think about the strategy. Oh, you would totally kill me. I think this is terrible. I should stop thinking about this. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to everybody for submitting your questions. Thank you for supporting your boys at It's The Real. If you really rock with us, go to itstherealcom slash shop and grab your t-shirts today. Also, should you be at this part of the podcast, leave a comment letting us know who you think would win the fight. Oh my God. Me or Eric. Now, I made a more compelling argument, I think. (laughs) I don't know what Eric's argument was other than he doesn't think about this stuff. My, oh, okay, fine. You know what? I think that I am stealthier. Mm. I think that I am a smarter fighter. Mm. Like, you may be reckless. Did we stop the music yet? Okay. (laughs) I think that I am sneakier. I think that I'm a little more agile. Mm -hmm. And I think I know more. About how to punch me in the side of the head? Uh, No. No, I see. I'm not going to punch you in the side of a head. That right. That would be expected. See that. <laughs> see, you, you, you have a different idea of what fighting is, Jeff. Fighting is more mental. <laughs> Maybe you're the crazier. I, I think I might be. As always, guys. Not for real. For real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>